The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to a special edition of Tyler's Takedowns, where it goes extreme. We go hardcore, and now let's go to your host, Tyler Peters. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Thanks for that wonderful intro by myself. I'm not fooling anybody, but there you go. We are going back to the land of extreme. Tyler's Takedowns is reviewing discussing even ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling their event titled Hostile City Showdown from the year of 1996 and the date would be April the 20th of that very same year 1996. I gotta tell you I did not watch a lot of ECW uh, growing up I was definitely aware of it so this was very entertaining to go back and review a lot of these programs but before I discuss this any further, I must remind you to uh, go listen to Tyler's Takedowns on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, as well as, you know, check out the episodes five and six where I'm discussing WWE NXT No Mercy, especially the last episode, episode six, would be AEW Wrestle Dream. So I talked about some of the modern contemporary wrestling that we see today, but I'm taking it back some years with this one. And uh, we are definitely going extreme, like I've stated previously, just a few moments ago. The program opens up with Joey Styles introducing New Jack and Mustafa. They represented the gangsters, and I, I love the music. And these guys were definitely unique. That's uh, safe to say. Those fans in Philadelphia always bring such an organic energy. I mean, it is infectious. They got me hot up, and I wasn't even there. I wasn't even old enough to probably attend those shows. I'm not sure. It was mainly adult theme. This was the Attitude Era before WWF at the time was introducing it, and before Nitro got going in that direction. And maybe to uh, WCW's defense, it did. I'm not sure, but you could see some of the influence. Now, that that's going to be debated and argued, but Todd Gordon made a fantastic point. It, it's hard to not see some of the parallels between the Attitude Era and the uh, earlier ECW, even in 96 when it got away from being Eastern Championship Wrestling and became more extreme. Uh, you're going to hear that theme, or at least the word a lot, thrown around here. New Jack responds to the Eliminators. They've got a feud going on between Perry Saturn and his tag team partner. And the promos felt authentic because they were. There was believability, especially New Jack and Mustafa. They were also in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. You'll notice a lot of Smoky Mountain Wrestling stars ended up in ECW. And the gangsters were actually a part of Jim Cornette's promotion in one of the last regional territories regarding Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Another just uh, tremendous promotion. And uh, the Eliminators emerge. All four wrestlers fight. New Jack and Perry Saturn brawl through the rampant crowd at the ECW arena. We see John Cronus. He kind of shorted it to Cronus. That's who his tag team partner was. I, I got to admit, I, I had to top it up in my notes. That's why I, I paused and kind of waited there. I'm going to be very transparent with uh, you, the listeners, the audience, in other words. And Mustafa and Cronus exchange physicality with the locker room emptying out 
That's what I mean. It, it felt like it had a sense of danger reality to it. That's what ECW was able to attain, especially during this era. You felt a real sense of the unknown, a spontaneity is another word that comes to mind, as anything could happen, transpire, in other words. Start your show by presenting a meaningful angle, and that's exactly what they did here with the Gangsters and the Eliminators without even having a match. And sadly, New Jack passed away on May 14th, 2021. He was 58 years old. Our first match, and I'm just going to say El Porto because it's a Spanish name, forgive me, takes on Supernova. It ended in a no contest. It was a quick matchup, but it was a fun one. At the same time, Supernova is Simon Dean pre-WWE. A quick-paced affair. Supernova did remind you of a Blue Power Ranger. That's kind of his get-up. Even Joey Styles would point this out. El Porto, and and forgive me on these pronunciations, was innovative to his credit. They worked hard to provide high-flying style of wrestling, as I'm trying to think of the words. Hey, it's going to be a little uncensored, uncut. I'll, I'll borrow some terms from some other great podcasts I've been associated with. This match set up the tag team champions, the Eliminators, by attacking both with back-to-belly suplexes. Those spin kicks and total elimination combination of movement was just so impressive. Uh, Saturn called out the gangsters. There was a lot of words that could fly. You know, they were censored now, but back then there was just that element of anything could happen. I'll just have to go back to that very point. And we get another fight. Joey Styles made the broadcast calls thrilling. He was having to do it on his own. Sometimes would actually have to ring announce Joel Gertner, the quintessential stud muffin. What a tone he had. I give him a lot of props, too, with Gertner and both Joey Styles. But Styles would do also the broadcasting. So he was uh, doing play-by-play by himself. And uh, it was just very fascinating. I-, I liked it how, without a match, it left you wanting more. You desired to see more between the Eliminators and the Gangsters. J.T. Smith with little Guido tries to reason with everyone, the locker room and and the two teams. Uh, He's Sicilian, not really if you seem, and I I mean this with all due respect, J.T. Smith is far from an Italian. Not really. I even typed up in my notes. Devon Dudley attacks them via a steel chair when uh, referencing both Smith and Guido. The second match was Mikey Whipwreck. He defeated Billy Black with Damian Kane and Lady Alexander. They did not show the match, uh, so I can only put the result. So our next encounter featured the Dudleys, Bubba Ray and Devon, with Chubba Dudley, Dances with Dudley, and Sign God Dudley. I'm not making this stuff up. That's what set ECW apart. They were very unorthodox, even with their creative, but yet somehow it worked, or they found the niche for their audience anyways. I digress. They were taking on the Pitbulls with Francine. I'm telling you, her hotness precedes uh, just... It sets a precedent. I mean, I was distracted even even talking about Francine. I can't even get my words together. It was amazing. And uh, Pitbull Gary Wolf and Pitbull 2 Gary Durante, and I talked about how attractive uh, Francine was. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I didn't even hardly watch uh, some of the match due to Francine, uh, but she got involved. Trust me. Bubba Ray stutters. He confesses his love for Francine, and I can't blame him. Have you looked at Francine, and even now, still a stunner, very hot, and I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. Devon gets mad, however, at his brother-slash-partner, at least uh, in story, his brother. Uh, Devon was testifying even before he uh, arrived in the WWE. The Pitbulls don't intimidate him. The Dudleys attack Wolf 
and Durante. No wonder attendance remains strong. Every match so far has gone into the crowd. It's involved them somehow. The early version of the Dudleys reeks of 90s awesomeness. You only thought that was in the 80s. Forget about it. It's in the 90s also. Chaotic action continues as Home Depot and Lowe's should have had sponsorship with this event. Somebody get the trash cans instead of the tables. I mean the tables, even both the tables and trash cans in this scenario. I'm jealous. Francine distracted me. I could go on. Referees are not even safe. The Pitbulls powerbomb Bubba Ray Dudley and the referee. He deserved it. I'm trying to be uh, a heel there. Another no contest. Does anybody ever win or lose? A lot of no contest. In the fourth match, Taz with Bill Alfonso. They represented Team Taz, defeated Devin Storm by countout. What do you know? I want everybody to know that presently Bill Alfonso still blows a whistle to this day. Taz's ECW presentation ruled. Joel Gertner's, uh, excuse me, Joel Gertner's The Stud Muffin, as I've mentioned, announced the introductions, and he was just awesome. I sound like a nerd, don't I? Of course. I'm going to take shots at myself here. Just like Joey Styles was uh, taking his fair share against WCW during this telecast. Dangerous Devin Storm defected from WCW. I'm not sure if he actually defected. I'm teasing. I thought for a minute it was going to be like Lex Luger showing up on Monday Night Nitro for World Championship Wrestling from then the World Wrestling Federation, now WWE. Did someone say Crowbar? If you know, you understand the reference that Devin Storm would eventually reinvent himself to be Crowbar later on, speaking of WCW, but he made appearances with ECW and the WWF during uh, various periods of time. Taz is always a step ahead, the T-Bone, or maybe it's the Tazplex, whatever. What a just amazing suplex that had the creative offense. Uh, did Storm. Storm, part of me, had the creative offense, but so did Taz. Uh, Styles, we talked about making fun of WCW. They were in competition, or at least that in their minds they were. Storm imitates Sabu. A, a lot of what he was doing was uh, mirroring Sabu's uh, offensive arsenal. And Taz and Sabu, I'm not sure if they were feuding during this time. It makes me assume that they were, but maybe this actually began the feud between Taz and Sabu. I'm not sure because I only uh, reviewed this pro this show. I, I want to say program. I, I'm very kind of old school, even though I was only born in 1986, but I keep wanting to say program, so forgive me if I'm overusing that word. But let's continue not to bore you with any of this. And uh, Taz would, uh, it would be a count out. Actually, Taz suplex Storm onto a table that did not break. It was uh, it was brutal looking. But once again, it was a count out. I scream refund. There, there I go trying to add some humorous kind of uh, points in my dialogue. Afterward, Taz chokes him out. Taz was not going to be finished with uh, Dangerous Devin Storm by any means. And uh, we all know this is going to set up the feud, or at least maybe they've been doing it. I'll just kind of have to revisit it between uh, Taz and Sabu. Next match, Team Italy. J.T. Smith accompanies Little Guido. Smith is a common name in Sicily, not really. The FBI don't tell Vito Corleone, the godfather. How do you like that reference? Oh, full-blooded Italians, not uh, the other FBI. And his opponent, Axel Rotten, Axel Rose, wrestles Rotten, because Axel Rotten, I can see where he got the name. He, he looks like Axel Rose from the guns 
from Gun and Roses or Guns and Roses. Maybe it's a plural. With uh, it was uh, back to Sicily with an elevated backdrop, though, thanks to Axel Rotten on Guido. Welcome to the jungle, my bad, Guns and Roses. It is with an S. I, I knew it had to be plural. I got to go back to grammar school, English class. Who knows? I have to kind of laugh about that. I should know. No one. I also enjoy music, and I like Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose. And Axl Rotten wasn't bad either, and neither was little Guido. Guido is elusively fast, riding through him like a pizza. Actually, did a fan hand Axl some dominoes, but in Philadelphia, it's probably going to be better than dominoes, with all due respect to the, the restaurant chain dominoes. They've got some real Italian food up in the Northeast as he nails Guido. But I'm serious. It was a pizza pie. And JT distracts Rotten because of his fluent Italian. I, I'm kidding. Rotten wins. Uh, he threw Guido like a, a big pizza pie in the sky. Kind of run with the uh, Dean Martin song. I know I got the lyrics all mixed up. Forgive me. Smith apologizes afterwards and then makes fun of Axel. You know, just good hill stuff. And JT Smith was underrated in this. Missy Hot and Sandman need a room. You just got to watch this. I'm not going to give everything away. I'm not going to break it down and do my play-by-play -play or color. But he teams with uh, the, his partner, Two Cold Scorpio, who is also the world television champion for Extreme Championship Wrestling. They take on the Bruce Brothers, Don and Ron pre-Harris Brothers. And uh, Scorpio possesses fantastic athletic abilities. I think if you watch Scorpio Sky, you can tell already. The entrance was entertaining. Ron and Don would pound you, and they're huge. Those guys were ever bit of 6'8", if not 6'6", six, six, or 6'7". Six, but I, I would say 6'8", would be fair. I surmise, if you hear me use uh, that term, any. Sandman goes to Dream Street, and I'm not talking about Freddy Krueger as we are entering the Halloween season. And Ron and Don lash him. Sandman fall back, and now Scorpio got thrown into the front row. I'm telling you, you need front row tickets at the ECW Arena. Goodness gracious, and not great balls of fire. Now I'm referencing Jerry Lee Lewis. What is going on here? I'm still distracted by both Missy Hyde and Francine. That's my excuse. And um, Scorpio innovated the 90s wrestling style. I think there could be an argument for Scorpio Sky's influence on 90s wrestling. We got a moonsault press, and Scorpio and Sandman win. What a steamy entrance, though, uh, when speaking of Sandman, Missy Hyde, and then Francine. Francine got involved in that match. I, I forgot. She uh, actually was, uh, this is going to sound bad, but she got on top of somebody. Not not what you're thinking. I shouldn't even be laughing. That's horrible. But uh, I'm telling you, I was envious. I, I was a little jealous. I will uh, have to uh, plead guilty. I'm telling you. Brian Lee defeated Tommy Dreamer. Once again, you're seeing a lot of Smoky Mountain uh, talent that went on to ECW. Uh, Brian Lee defeated Tommy Dreamer. Lee pledges his allegiance to Raven. We saw that backstage before Dreamer, and he would uh, get very physical in this next matchup. And uh, he said, you're next. He actually had it pinned down before Goldberg came up with it. I mean, what? who would have thunk it? Tommy Dreamer went downstairs on Lee, if you know what I mean. Then hit a jawbreaker with a steel chair combo. Brian Lee said, I in innovate violence too there, Tommy. You're not the only one, you know. Dreamer meets the steel chair. Boy, Home Depot missed their opportunity to sponsor this or Lowe's or somebody because there was trash cans, cheese graters, uh, you name it. They, they had everything. It was uh, a sight to behold, let me tell you. Tommy jumps off a, a balcony, and it may have not been a balcony. I, I wasn't sure, so don't quote me on it. 
quote the Raven Nevermore, because he's in this, and why not? That, that seemed like a nice transition. It's hardcore for a reason, though. There's a blood feud. Joey Styles, when he said it, I said, it's kind of a Western analogy. Somebody uh, called Clint Eastwood to direct it, even though it's wrestling. As ECW presents Westerns now, Paul Heyman would be proud. I think he and Todd Gordon ought to get on it when they were booking. Like, they ought to take advice from me. Yeah, right. They've done pretty well, I think, for themselves. The uh, Bruce Brothers interfere. The Triangle of Terror crushed a center block onto Dreamer's lower region. Once again, uh, you can probably wonder where that was. And the Triangle of Terror, let me clarify, the Bruce Brothers, Brian Lee, were a part of Raven's group. So uh, that's why I wanted to go back to uh, this point. Next, we get a, one of my favorite matches um, off the whole card, Sabu versus Rob Van Dam. Sabu is so unique. Van Dam is also unorthodox. Both styles mesh well. Sabu tried avoiding his strikes, but RVD was precise. What a vicious high-risk leg drop by Sabu onto Van Dam. Both wrestled with injuries, which was so impressive. I admired watching two fearless men perform through the pain when uh, regarding the injuries. Sabu hits a move off the top rope over the railing onto Van Dam. RVD back kicking from the apron is just amazing as the crowd throughout the night would start chanting ECW, ECW. Boy, that's a terrible impersonation. I need those Philadelphia fans to bring some energy, but you uh, catch my drift. I'll even make fun of myself, and, and they can react to me negatively. I'll tell you, I deserved it. I, I should have been more hot here, but i got to be careful on the mic to, to uh, be shouting. It just uh, At least it's good practice. Uh, I digress. But going back to the Sabu-RVD match, RVD would take away Sabu's ability to fly by punishing his leg. Just a, a good overall story, with uh, and it made sense as Joey Styles was conveying it, that, hey, Sabu's used to doing all this aerial stuff, high-risk maneuvering, and, and so is Rob Van Dam, as I want to say RVD so much as well. That's why I kind of had to stop. I'm kind of laughing, as I, I tend to do when I mess up. Uh, but we would see... You know, Sabu and RVD just put on a clinic. I mean, it was a classic. It, you know, it's my opinion. It's also the, the way I, I viewed the match. These wrestlers gave a new meaning, gave a new meaning to sacrificing themselves. It defines extreme. Triple jump moonsault conclude the match as Sabu defeated RVD. Afterward, though, what was interesting, Van Damme doesn't want to shake hands with Sabu to make it personal. We, we've seen it time and time again, even recently in matches where other wrestlers don't want to shake uh, hands with uh, the person who just beat them in the match. And that's part of the competitive nature of the industry and even in stories. So I didn't mind it uh, between Sabu and RVD, another uh, fantastic matchup. There I go using that word again. Main event time, Raven with Stevie Richards with the Blue Meanie defends the ECW Championship against the franchise Shane Douglas with Kimono. I hope I'm saying her name right. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't care if her name's right or not. She's a nice distraction, so maybe that's my other excuse and way out of it. Thank you, ECW. Uh, I appreciate you for uh, bringing us all these uh, good-looking women. Uh, I'm just going to be very transparent. Uh, Shane Douglas makes it personal, though, by discussing Raven and Tommy Dreamer's relationship with Beulah. And I should have practiced her last name. That's why I'm just going to say Beulah. So you, the ECW fans will definitely understand who I'm referencing. Dreamer confronted Douglas. Kimona loves Beulah. Hey, hey, this is the way they booked it. No comments on what followed next. Uh, I'll tell you. 
this was definitely a wild show, and that was what ECW was about for a, a long time. Raven walks out of the ring all psychological here between both Douglas and Raven. The champion Raven displays an emotion. He's distraught. Douglas manipulated his opponent's personal life. A lot of times Raven would use these methods, and it was nice to see the challenger, the number one contender, the franchise Shane Douglas, actually turning the tables on Raven, the champion here. The franchise actually took enjoyment in it. Styles said Raven adapts to any wrestling style, which is true. Raven hit the steel railing, and Douglas took flight. I noticed they took time and did not rush. I enjoyed that aspect. Douglas was risking his safety to become champion. Someone gave Douglas, remember I said a cheese, cheese <laughs> remember I said a cheese grater? Uh, Pizza Hut or Papa John's, please. Somebody get, uh, get, call him, get the number. Both fought out in the parking lot. I'm, I'm serious, they did. The cameras didn't follow them, though. Uh, and you could see the crowd just surround them. It was the referee with uh, Douglas and Raven. And uh, Philadelphia better watch out from nowhere. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee brawl. Douglas double-crossed Tommy Dreamer. Tommy fights the franchise. Blue Meanie missed the moonsault, and Richards super-kicked Douglas. When it appeared that Douglas had the match won, the Bruise Brothers interfered, and Raven loads up the boot to retain. Douglas speaks, what is it going to take? When Meaning when he uh, is describing defeating Raven as it's a Post-match interview with Joey Styles, Two Cold Scorpio responds and comes out and invites Douglas to wrestle him for that that television title. And Douglas uh, still wants the world heavyweight title, but then Shane waits to attack Scorpio. Sandman comes out, and Douglas beats both the Sandman and Scorpio up, and he punishes them with a kendo stick. This was just a definitely a unique show, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I will say this was still some good matches, some some crazy angles, but hey, it's wrestling. Uh, they definitely had variety, and and I got to give it to Paul Hammond, Todd Gordon. I don't know if Gordon was still booking. I'm sure he was still involved because this was still '96. I'm not sure if I got my timelines correct. Uh, I will say ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling brought it uh, with this event, which was titled ECW Hostile City. Hostile City or Hostile City Showdown 96. I'll finally get the pronunciation. Now you understand why I stay away from certain names. I'm just being honest. I told you real transparent using all those uh, terms. But this has been another episode of Tyler's Takedowns. I'm your host. It's been episode seven. You can listen to the program on, uh, there I go with that word, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts through Anchor is how you can listen to it uh, through Spotify, which anchors become Spotify. So I know I'm confusing myself here, but you uh, you get the drift. I'll share links. Uh, I'm at Dustin Tyler 86 on Twitter. Uh, check out all the phenomenal shows on uh, SJP World Media. Uh, once again, I got to do better about writing them down or topping them up. Uh, but just go check them out. Trust me, they, they deserve all the accolades. And hey, what can I say? We went modern and then old school, and we, we may go old school as far as the 90s and talk ECW, WCW, WWF at the time. Did I say an extra W? They did used to have the extra W. Anyways, uh, now WWE, I, I'll talk them, AEW, try to fit some impact. Who knows what else, but I'm trying to change it up a little bit for everyone. And uh, I really wanted to add a little more humor each and every time. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, look for new episodes to be released as soon as we can get them out. 
Patience is a virtue. And uh, this has been another just thrilling edition. I went hardcore, extreme. It's ECW, 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 ECW. Is that a little better? Uh, it's getting there. Still got to work on it. I, I need more people. I need Philadelphia. I need that 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 old vibe, too. That's classic for sure. And uh, there you go. I have uh, reviewed some ECW Hostile City Showdown 96. I think I actually got it right. It, it maybe took some uh, more tries to actually get it correct. That's normally how life works, does it not? But, hey, stay safe out there, and I will uh, be discussing some more wrestling, whether it's old school, I don't care if it's the 70s, 80s, 90s, or 2000s to the present day, 2023. Stay tuned for more. I'll be right back. And shout out to SJP World Media Network. It's Tyler's Takedowns, where I went extreme for this episode. There you go.